0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization,
1: and productivity as a teacher. Listen, people, we all have busy lives from families, friends, work, hobbies, and so much more. It can be really challenging to truly manage our time in an effective way. So in this episode, we want to share some mistakes that you might be making when it comes to time management and, most importantly, how you can fix them.
0: But first, let's hear a TSH from Debbie. She says, I love your podcast and it has helped a lot. My colleague and I share our lesson planning. She plans for reading, writing, and language, and I plan for math, science, and social studies. I batch all of my subjects to make it easier for me. My problem is that once I have created all my lessons for a unit, the grade level decides to skip a unit or three and so and do something else. Then I have to start all over again. We do not plan together as a grade level, but we try to stay uniform.
1: All of these changes are always a last minute change. So Debbie, I have to tell you that when I wrote down my response to you, I was a little bit feisty. Um, So I'm going to hope that I didn't become too feisty here and my personality is coming out at the moment. But Debbie, it sounds like you really do have like a fantastic system for planning your lessons. But it also sounds like the changes are on your team and not on you. I completely understand wanting to be aligned with your team and what they're doing, but it can be unbelievably draining and defeating to have to constantly make changes based off of what other people are doing. And it can then start to really affect the relationship that you have with your team, right? Because you're, you're, it's a lot of negativity that's going back and forth. So here are my suggestions and take them with a grain of salt. Offer to meet and create a like scope and sequence. like And if you can check with your school and see if you have a scope and sequence, like that kind of forces everybody to be on the same page. Um, stop changing all of your work just because other people are making those last minute changes. I feel like You don't have to, you know, do redo all of this work that you've done just because they want to do other things. And I'm going to be very honest like, I have the same type of a team where not necessarily the two ladies that I work with on my MAC team, but like as a grade level in my building. I have many teachers who will get together and will all kind of say like, oh, this is kind of where we all are at. And then all of a sudden you check in with them like a day or two later and they're like, well, I started doing something else. At that point, I'm putting my hands up and I'm like, okay, moving on. I'm done. Like I cannot keep trying to make these changes or I feel like I'm helping and I feel like I'm talking to a wall here. So having a team is great, but it should not come at the expense of losing all of your hard work and making your job more challenging. Was that too feisty? No. I Okay. Mean,
0: <laughs> and look, I think we all have different tolerance levels, you know what I mean, of mm. what we're okay with. And ultimately, yeah. though, if this is something that you're bringing up with us, it's obviously something that bothers you. And to yeah. me, that means something has to change. Mm, such a good point. So, first of all, I think it is great that you are divvying up the planning and you know, one person plans these subjects, another person plans these subjects. Divide and conquer. All for it. Yeah. I do think it's important for a grade level to all be working kind of within the same unit, even though obviously each teacher is gonna have to modify the pace somewhat to be able to fit the needs of their class. Mm. But it sounds like your team needs to take time to map out the units in advance, create that scope and sequence, and then agree to stick to them. Obviously, this would best be done at the beginning of the year, but obviously it's affecting your ability to get work done. So I would bring it up with your team and explain how it's affecting you. Just say, hey, I've noticed that we tend to skip around units and What's happening is I'm planning, but then can't use what I've planned. And then I'm trying to come up with things last minute. And that's not what's best for my students, right? Like bring it back to the students. There may be other team members who feel the same way, who can kind of, you can all come together and come up with a plan to prevent it from happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yours was a much nicer response. I think I w- I've i had like lots of things happening at school, guys. So <laughs> my response was like, because of some of the things that were happening, I'm fine. All is well. Um, <laughs> so moving on, guys. Obviously, none of us are perfect when it comes to time management, but it's important that we're able to recognize our mistakes. So that's what we're going to focus on in this episode. When it comes down to it, a lot of our time management mistakes and i'm saying that in air quotes are due to good habits not sticking or bad habits that are forming
0: yeah in atomic habits james clear outlined four ways to make a habit stick you have to make it obvious make it attractive make it easy and make it satisfying obviously if the habit is failing this means we are doing the opposite. (laughs) We're not making it obvious, we're not making it attractive. So in this episode, we're gonna focus on those mistakes, but we're gonna give specific examples for time management and how you can make changes to overcome them. Bridget and I are very solution-driven in a world that is full of problems that people love to highlight, but people don't want to talk about what you actually have to do to fix the
1: problem. Yes. (laughs) Oh man, that's bringing back all of the emotions from this past week. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and lead into the first mistake that you might be making when it comes to time management. And that's that we don't make it obvious, like obvious. So how does like this, this idea of not making things obvious relate to time management? Well, we forget due dates or the tasks that we originally say that we need to get done. So here's like a concrete
0: example. You forget that report cards are due at the end of the month, right? Been there. So you have to scramble to get your grading done and to get your comments done. When we don't write down our to-dos or our deadlines, we forget them because we're human and we have so many things going on in our brain. Ultimately, if we don't make it obvious, if we don't have it in front of us, we're going to forget about it.
1: Yeah. And I think it goes back to that thing where it's like, I know that as I've gotten older, (laughs) guys, I'm getting so old. But as I've gotten older, I realize that I cannot keep things in my brain. It just doesn't function for me. I will forget it in like 30 seconds. And it is the worst feeling standing there thinking, oh, what was it that I needed to do? What was it that I said I was going to do? Or that idea that I had that was really, really great that I wanted to share. Yes. A couple nights ago, Billy and I sat down to have dinner. And
0: while we were eating, he goes, oh yeah, The Amazing Race starts tonight. We need to set it to record because we're you know, realistically, not always going to be there to watch it in real time. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that as soon as I finish eating 10 minutes later. Did I do it? No. And then an hour goes by and he goes, did you set it to record? I was like, oh, I totally forgot.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. So we do have some tips for you on helping you to make things a little more obvious in this sense. So the first one is going to be to make the task a central part of your environment. And what we mean by this is to make it visual. So desk calendars that have like due dates, like the big pads or having one that's posted up next to your desk is a really great one because you can see it every single day. um, And that's really going to help. The second one is going to set reminders on your phone, um, create like a daily reminder to say like report cards are due in 10 days and nine days and eight days. And it's like a little countdown, but it's going to constantly kind of be in your face so that you remember it. This will take the subconscious recognition that we all know that we have to do report cards and put it more to the conscious level. The last one is gonna be to use habit stacking. Michelle and I are now big fans of habit stacking, (laughs) but complete a certain number of report cards or add a certain number of comments each time your students go to special. And that's gonna be something that you do this every single day, take your kids to special. So if you tell yourself that as soon as I take my kids to special, I'm gonna come back and do five report card comments, you're stacking it with another habit which is gonna make it more visual, more intentional. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just making things visual in general makes such a big difference.
0: I'm thinking right now, one of the things I have to get done today is get a package all together to be mailed out. Christy, if you're listening to this, I swear your package is coming. This poor woman. I told her, I was like, I want to send you like a... She's so sweet. And she has sent me all this stuff from Hawaii. wonderful. And she's just a doll. Like, I adore her. The
1: best human being, probably, in this
0: world. And so I told her, I wanted to send her a package of like Texas stuff for Christmas. Mm. Well, then... Billy got COVID. Yeah. So I was like, well, I I don't want to send it. Like, I want to make sure I have like kind of that quarantine time. And then I got sick. And so it's just gotten pushed back. But I have a bag of all this stuff I need to put. And it's literally sitting on my table in my office. So that every time I walk in my office, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. So just having it like visual makes such a big difference. Yep. Well, the second mistake that we make is we don't make it attractive. (laughs) Now, we're not talking about like, Physically attractive, Ooh. but attractive as in like wanting to do it, right? Think about that motivation piece. So, how mm-hmm. this relates to time management. We tend to put off tasks that we don't enjoy doing. So, like, we procrastinate or we don't see tasks all the way through. Like, we kind of lose motivation as we go.
1: Yeah. So, a really good example of this, and everyone will probably relate to this, is that you hate lesson planning and you end up putting it off every single week because you don't enjoy it. And if you're somebody like me who works at a school, again, very blessed here, I know this, I don't have to turn in my lesson plans. Heck. We don't even have to write lesson plans if we don't want to. Oh, I know. (laughs) So like as a result, you might find that you are always behind and that makes you hate lesson planning even more. So we don't include an enjoyable activity and then we end up putting off tasks that we don't want to do. So this is that whole thing of we don't make it attractive.
0: Yeah, so I have three tips that I'm going to share in order to make these tasks that we don't want to do more enjoyable, if you will. The first tip is to utilize temptation bundling. This is when you pair a desirable task with an undesirable task. So for example, going back to lesson planning, maybe you're going to listen to podcasts while you lesson plan. Mm. Depending on what you're actually doing with the lesson planning, obviously that may not work because you may need to like actually focus on the lesson planning. So another example would be like you drink your favorite cup of coffee during this time. It's something you can kind of look forward to and it keeps you motivated as you go. Like right now, Bridget and I are podcast recording, which I do enjoy, Mm -hmm. but it's a lengthy task. Like it takes us a couple hours. And so I've got my cup of coffee and like whenever it's not my turn to speak, like I'm sitting there sipping and yeah, Bridget just like lifted (laughs) up her mug and it just makes it that much more enjoyable. The second tip is to create an anticipated reward. A lot of times, just the anticipation of the reward, like kind of looking forward to it, gets us to take action rather than just the fulfillment of it. Think about Christmas morning as a kid. Like kids start looking forward to Christmas in like, September, right? They're like, it's a couple months away. Or their (laughs) birthdays, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. They're like, I'm six and a half. I'm like, all right, six more months, kid. But they start to look forward to this. And oftentimes that anticipation is actually more rewarding than actually going through Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So for example, if Leaving work at the end of your contract hours makes you excited because you're like, oh, my gosh, I can go home and watch like my favorite Netflix show or I have time to go to the gym or whatever. You can use that as your motivation to get your planning done. It's like, look, if I end up chatting with my coworkers during my planning time and I don't get my tasks done, I'm not going to be able to leave and go home and watch like the Ellen show. I remember when I first started teaching, the Ellen show would come on at four o'clock and I was like, I can't watch it anymore because I'm at school. Uh, Last tip. Related to making it more attractive is to find an accountability buddy. Behaviors are attractive to us when they help us fit in. And this is one of those things that James Clear mentioned in the book. And when I really thought about it, I was like, wow, like this is very on point. So find someone that you want to set a goal with, whether it's another teacher on your team, another teacher in your building, it could be well, I was going to say one of the custodians, but they probably wouldn't be leaving at the same time as you. One of the secretaries, whoever it is, use them as an accountability buddy. If you're like, hey, every day we're going to leave at 4.30, this will motivate you to get it done because you want
1: to be that teacher that leaves with them, right? Like you want Mm -hmm. to fit in with that crowd and be able to reach that goal. Yeah. Something that I was just thinking about when you mentioned that about behaviors is um just about like the behaviors of just the negativity that can often like circulate in schools. And because like teachers kind of get together and some teachers will start to kind of say negative things either about students or about co-workers, you know, we want to kind of be in that crowd. We want others yep. to like us and yep. so we kind of join in on that negativity and it's just yep. that's goes back to all the behaviors piece that we want to fit in, so we just kind of go along with it, even though that's not something that we really want to identify as. Yeah. And it
0: goes back to that identity piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who do you want to be? What do you identify as, as a person, as a teacher, when it comes to time management, whatever it is? And then create those behaviors that will really mold that identity.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the next mistake that we do is that we don't make it easy. So we know that, you know, doing tasks. that are hard can be a really big struggle either getting started with them or either finishing them I'm raising my hands because that's me like when it's a really big project and a really big task I tend to like lose steam and I'm just kind of over it so we favor like the easiest task which tend to like not actually help us move forward in our goals that we are setting yeah.
0: Here's an example of that. I mean, I think about like like grading, right? Oh, yeah. So your students just finished taking a quiz and there's a stack of papers laying on your desk and you just cannot bring yourself to start grading them. So you would rather like reorganize your pen caddy <laughs> or even, you know, answering emails, which is great. But at the end of the day, like answering emails is not really moving you toward your goals. Like I'm actually grading that stack of papers is.
1: Yeah, I feel like you've been like watching me in my classroom, Michelle. Are you like watching me? (laughs) We need to talk.
0: No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So we don't break tasks down into small enough pieces and then we put off doing them because it's not easy to get started. And I think we also don't prepare enough in advance. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the easiest, (laughs) pun intended, ways to make it easy is just to do little things to kind of set you up. So that it's easier down the road. Bridge is going to give you some tips for this. Yeah.
1: So we have three different tips for you on helping you to make it more easy. So the first one is going to be to prime your environment. And this is something that James Clear mentions in the book, Atomic Habits. So going back to like the whole grading piece. So if you want to prime your environment, you're going to have an answer key ready to go. You're going to have stickers and bins where you can kind of keep all of your papers And the next kind of piece to that is going to be to reset the space. So by doing this, because you have the answer key and the stickers and your pins all ready to go, it's gonna make it a little bit easier to go ahead and get started. Right. And then if you're resetting that space, if you're not just kind of leaving it a hot mess afterwards, but you're resetting it, you're automatically helping yourself for the next time that you have papers that you need to grade to kind of get started and to to push yourself to, to jump in. So the next tip that we have is to automate tasks. This is called the law of least effort. Um, You need- Sounds like a good law. (laughs) I know, I know. And you know, it's funny because like as humans, like we do like to find the easiest way out. I have often said on this podcast, like I am a lazy teacher. I think I'm a good teacher, but I like to be a lazy teacher. I don't like to put in a ton of effort. I like things to have have systems, routines, procedures. And that helps me to be this lazy teacher that I want to identify as, which I'm not really- A lazy teacher. But automating automating tasks and going about this like law of least effort is that you need to make your habits so easy that you can do it even when you don't want to. And that's like being that lazy teacher that I am right? So use Google Forms to like automatically grade certain tasks. That's so easy that you don't even have to do it. You All you're doing is then transferring grades into a grade book at that point, which is the easiest thing possible. The last tip that we have for you is to start with a task that takes less than two minutes. And this is something else that James Clear mentions. And by this idea of only doing two minutes of it is that you know you're getting started you're doing something instead of telling yourself well I'm going to do it I'm going to do it well now you're getting started but you're saying well I'm gonna do it for only two minutes and Michelle and I have often talked about that when you tell yourself that you're gonna get started and do it only for like two minutes you kind of get into a rhythm and then you start doing a lot more than you anticipated in the beginning so, this could be that you put your papers in alphabetical order or that you get out your pens and your stickers or that you make your answer key. Whatever it might be, start with a task that takes like two minutes and then that will then kind of help become your domino effect of really following through.
0: Yeah, it's like your entrance ramp to the highway. Yeah, it's that's like a you better gene.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a way better, what is it called?
0: Metaphor? Uh, analogy.
1: Analogy. Mm, yeah, yeah,
0: same, same difference. Uh, last mistake is that we don't make it satisfying. <laughs> so how this relates to time management is we always feel like there's more to do. And so we have no motivation to use our time wisely because it's like, well, as soon as I finish this, I just have to do the next thing. Like we never have the actual satisfaction of like, oh, I got this done.
1: Go me. I'm a rock star. <laughs> yeah. So really good example is like lesson planning. Oh, lesson planning. It's like as soon as you finish lesson planning for the week, it's time to do it all over again. So it's like it's never ending. It's the worst feeling ever. And we don't reward ourselves enough for the tasks that we do complete because we're always looking at what is going to be coming next. We don't make it satisfying.
0: Yeah. It's that whole like always moving the goalpost. I I think this is something people do in general. And I was reflecting on it last night, Billy and I at dinner, we were kind of talking about like our goals together as a couple for 2022. But then within that certain like individual goals came up and we started talking about the gym and we were talking about like lifting goals. So I'm like, okay, I want to be able to do this for squat and do this for bench press. And I kind of said to him, I was like, oh, like, do you remember when I said for like bench, I wanted to be able to rep 135? Like, I do that now, but I never even acknowledged that like I had reached Mm. that goal because then I was like, well, I want to bench, you know, 185. Like, I just kept moving the goalpost, but I'm not actually giving myself that recognition for those accomplishments. You know what I mean?
1: No, absolutely.
0: So, here are a few tips. First of all, establish an immediate reward system. That way you can get that satisfaction not only at the end, but also as you complete those little tasks, because something like lesson planning is a project. It is compiled of all these minor tasks you can use. Simple things like check boxes, like have a checklist of all the things. I always had a lesson planning checklist. And so as the week went on, I could like check off the boxes and I felt that like gratification of, okay, I'm making progress. Mm-hmm. In the book, James even gives an example with paper clips. Like this is how easy it can be, y'all. He talked about having like two containers, one has paper clips, the other one is empty. Each time you complete a little task, you move a paper clip from one to the other. So you're kind of seeing that progress of the one
1: jar emptying and the other one filling up. I have to like stop you and tell you this because I think it's so interesting. So I was in band as a kid and I remember um, my band teacher when we were first kind of learning new songs in order for us to really get the songs down is he would tell us to take seven pennies and put the pennies in a line. And as I played the song correctly, I could move a penny over and I would keep doing it. But if I played it wrong, I would have to move one of the pennies back. And so it would constantly cause me, I loved the satisfaction of playing it correctly because I wanted to get all seven of my pennies off to the other side, which was really... interesting way of doing it but
0: yeah no I mean it's such a simple thing but that's the reality like as humans it doesn't take much to entertain us or to give us (laughs) satisfaction I mean I feel satisfied when I finish a new show on Netflix like yeah let's be real so I think little systems like that can make a, a big difference so if maybe that's not quite enough for you and you're like all right Michelle moving paper clips is not my jam that's fine here's another tip create an incentive So, obviously, an incentive would be something that you look forward to. For example, after you finish planning for the week, maybe you go get a massage or you go to the movies or you enjoy a night in. Like, whatever it is that brings you joy, you know, maybe you get to binge your next Netflix show or you get to eat a pint of ice cream. Like, whatever it is, have that reward for when you finish planning and you have to follow through with it, right? Like you can't just keep skipping over and going, well, I just am going to work on the next thing because that's me. That's what I do. Like Mm -hmm. I don't reward myself. I'm just like, all right, what next? What next? What next? We're going to have a to-do list until the day we die. So we have to reward ourselves along the way. Another tip for you is to use a habit tracker or a habit contract. So you can keep track of the weeks that you get your planning done in advance on a habit tracker. It's that whole mentality of like not breaking the chain. I know I'm like this with my Apple Watch rings. I am paranoid about not closing my rings. And so it motivates me to get my stand goal, to get my exercise minutes, to get my move calories. And that can be applied to our lives in the classroom or any other you know habit type thing that we're trying to build. Have that tracker to actually document your progress. Mm-hmm. Or if maybe you're that type of person where like punishment works for you, that sounds kind of horrible. I don't know. (laughs) But like ultimately some people are motivated by like negative side effects, right? Mm -hmm. You could create a contract with a coworker that has a punishment. So it's like, hey, if I don't have my lesson planning done by Friday, we're just sitting here laughing. You know what? Different things work for different people. No, I started thinking about it.
1: We do this as teachers. To our students.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. The whole like, oh, if you don't have your work done by the yeah. Yeah. You have to stay in from recess or you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. No, you're right. You're right. So many off. Um, so you could create that contract with the coworker. And if you don't follow through with the task, if you don't have your planning done, maybe you have to pay them money or you have to watch their class during a certain time. Like it sounds drastic, like I'm gonna pay you $10 if I don't have this. But ultimately when there's something on the line, it does hold you accountable. I know a lot of like, uh, fitness or workout incentives like this, where people will pay in. It's like, oh, well, if you don't work out this many times or you don't lose this amount of weight, like you lose out on the money. And ultimately when there is money on the line or, you know, a favorable task or something, it motivates you it it just does at least for some people maybe not for everyone
1: no I completely agree with that and if you think about it like I mean I've never been written up before but I would assume like writing getting written up you have like a contract right you're put on like a performance plan and that performance plan is if you don't do these things then this is gonna be your job like at the end of the day so it's like kind of thinking it in that form um, that is it guys. This is going to be a wrap to this mini series all on time management. We really hope that you've enjoyed it or able to really take away some of these tips, um, some habits that you're now instilling into your every everyday life. Next month, we're going to be focusing all on organization and I am really excited about it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know that I am all for that. We were joking about how somehow we've gotten into this flow of Bridget (laughs) always outroing our episodes. And then this one has ended up for me Mm -hmm. to outro it. So let's see. Take her away. If I still got it, we would love for you to check out our website, (laughs) www.teachingonthedouble.com. You can shop for our digital planners, and you also can submit your TSH, your time-sucking hurdle. Let us know what it is that is just sucking away your time, especially after this month all on time management. We would love to hear what you're still struggling with. While you are there, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. We do have the episodes hosted on our website, but you can also find it on Apple Podcasts, wherever you live listen. But go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost anything. It's free of charge. It's just going to notify you whenever we drop our next episode, which is every Thursday. And if you are listening through Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a review because that helps us get into the ears of more teachers. And it just brings us all the warm and fuzzies when we read them. (laughs) Until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.